Namaste, everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host, Kushal Mehra. All right. My guest today is the president of the Observer Research Foundation, Samir Saran. Samir is also the curator of the Raisina Dialogue and the chair of uh, CYFY. If you don't know what it is, you can go and check out in the description of the podcast. Samir, thanks a lot for coming. Thanks, Kushal, for having me. It's been a while. Yes, it has been a while, and I hold that against you on that. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll be more regular now. Yes, yes. So, Samir, first of all, I want to, before we start uh, talking about various subjects, I want to congratulate you because you guys have successfully uh, finished and completed Raisina Dialogues 2022. It was, uh, you know, the uh, as always, the quality of discussions were fantastic. So maybe this is uh, my starting salvo. So there was one particular discussion, Samir, as I was telling you offline, uh, that uh, was held this year. And... Uh, uh, it, that really stood out to me and it was about liberalism right and and obviously one of the panelists was the former prime minister of canada stephen harper so if if i was to start it, there are two major issues hovering around right now in the world we are obviously in this covid post covid world or currently covid world and then there is the russia ukraine crisis and in a very absurd sort of a way even covid has been in, in its own way, a real test, if you ask me, of liberalism and liberal values, as in liberal values, uh, if, from what I understood, was, you know, always leaving the people alone. And COVID really tested the resolve of the world as to how far that, uh, you know, the state can get into our lives. So, so maybe we can start from there. So how do you look at, in your own way, the state of liberalism in the current world? Kushal, let me first start with Raisina, and maybe I'll use that as the point of departure to respond to your question. Since it's a free conversation, you'll have to deal with uh, my mind going a little, uh, you know, moving too laterally in some sense to answer simple questions. You know, Raisina this year was uh, difficult. It was a difficult exercise uh, for, for a number of reasons. Uh, on the logistics side, we have to realize that the pandemic has really uh, challenged uh, some of our um, uh, arrangements of the past. We thought getting a person picked up from the airport and taking him to the room was a simple task, right? It has been done a million times over. But suddenly now you have people who have left that job and they have moved to different greener pastures because hospitality, hospitality was badly damaged by the pandemic, right? So you, now you have new faces, newcomers, new hotel staff, new uh, cab industry folks, you, you know, the logistics have been so deeply affected that I think many of us will have to um, work very hard uh, to get things back to normal. It's not the coming back in real is not as easy as it was going online. And I think uh, all of us and therefore kudos to every business owner, enterprise uh, manager who is, you know, restarting and, and providing values and providing jobs and providing economic returns to the country, to his company and uh, to his or her uh, Start. So I think it's not easy. So one is, for me, the biggest lesson of the pandemic was we have lost a cadre of expertise and we have to rebuild it quickly. And in that sense, there is an opportunity here and there is also a, a challenge here. And uh, hopefully all the missteps in the hosting of Raisina were uh, behind the curtains and what you saw in front uh, looked smooth enough. But believe you me, it was not easy coming back on, uh, coming back into the real world and, and hosting it with people. Now, of course, this is also being hosted in the backdrop of two important issues. One of them, uh, like you rightly pointed out, 
is the living with COVID world. We are all living with COVID. I don't know whether we are post-COVID or pre-COVID or 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 uh, we, are, we have a wave coming ahead, which is going to be even more devastating. But let's say that we are all living with COVID. It's called living with COVID world. And of course, the second is uh, Ukraine. And both of them, in many ways, have tested some of our other assumptions about life. We are there for each other. Globalization works. Supply chains work. Vaccines will be available to all. Healthcare will be distributed equally. We will all rally in each other's support. What we saw during COVID was like uh, each man or woman for themselves. We saw, uh, you know, the Darwin's world play out uh, in real time over the past two years. We saw a developed world um, societies with great values and morals that they uh, preach to others, uh, you know, hijack uh, consignments of masks and uh, medical products. Uh, we saw uh, the more predictable nature of uh, actions from the authoritarian world where it was just about them and their regime stability rather than either about their own people or anyone else. So in that sense, we saw both of it play out quite acutely, quite intensely in the last few months. And, and therefore, we have to start questioning whether uh, uh, globalization was a force for good or was it basically a force for good for a few? And I think that question is, was starkly put forth for all of us to engage with. When you saw the vaccine map of the world, you clearly knew who was globalization serving. And, and the vaccine map of the world must remain a, a, a constant reminder to ourselves that uh, we have a, a world of, of haves and have-nots. And uh, uh, we have also seen that the have-nots were not necessarily catered to at their weakest moments. You know, when they needed most protection, it was still about protecting only the rich and the elite. And I think that's something that is going to remain with all of us. And by the way, all of us are guilty of this. It's not uh, it's not just geographically distributed. It is also distributed within countries. We saw this play out uh, within and outside and, and amongst communities and countries and, and geographies. That was the first. The second, of course, is Ukraine. Now, suddenly, not only do you, uh, not only has the pandemic told us that globalization favors a few, Ukraine crisis tells us that global institutions are biased as well. Geography matters, right? Uh, you saw commentary after commentary. Oh, the Ukraine war is amongst Europeans. They are people like us. We have to be, we have to respond differently. It's not about some uh, battle happening in that savage part of the world, which we call the third world. It's not Afghanistan. It's not South Asia. It's not Africa. It's Europe, right? Not only uh, was there greater public discourse around uh, the battle, there was greater empathy for uh, people who were suffering. There were borders were opened up to let the migrants in. Who can forget the image of that, uh, uh, you know, of boats drowning as they were fleeing Libya and trying to enter into uh, dry ground? Who can forget those images? But here you have um, the countries uh, uh, triumphantly announcing, I am taking 50,000, 100,000, 1 million, 1.5 million refugees. You know, so color mattered. Your race mattered. Your geography mattered. Um, the, the public, the level of public discourse and scrutiny and, and action and support and participation in the war efforts, etc., etc., clearly is based on ethnicity and geography. The Afghanistan issue is not even one year old. People do not have food. Women do not have rights. It's a country under siege. Who cares? Because they are not people like us. So uh, PLU, people like us, has a meaning even in geopolitics. It's not only about the parties you host. It is also about the geopolitical arrangements. So globalization was found wanting at, during the pandemic. And geopolitical responses, institutions, and approaches were found to be absolutely skewed 
in favor of a particular geography and people. Now, in this context, I think it is a fair question to ask: Are we seeing the revenge of ideology? You know, we we had all, and that was the panel you were referring to, Kushal, the one where Prime Minister Harper was uh, speaking. The question asked was that we had all assumed that certain basic rights, certain basic assumptions, certain basic ethics, certain basic uh, uh, arrangements would uh, undergird the second half of the 20th century and much of the 21st. And we have found that to not be the case. And the debate that we were hosting was that uh, is ideology back? Is, is, is the proliferation of a number of, of ideologies um, undermining uh, uh, the liberal order as it, as it was referred to or the neoliberal uh, market-based frameworks that were meant to benefit most around the world? Uh, uh, are they being undermined by the return of uh, parochialism, nationalism, sub-nationalism, uh, uh, you know, uh, religious fervor, um, uh, linguistic fervor, uh, region-based, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, mobilizations? And that was the panel that was was uh, 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 the one that you referred to, where Stephen Harper was speaking about liberalism. And I, I remember Stephen Harper speaking two years ago at Ricina. And in fact, in that, uh, it was the opening panel again. And, and I think uh, Prime Minister Modi was in the audience while he was speaking at that, uh, on that particular instance. And I remember him saying that, listen, India is not going to be a Western-style liberal society. India is going to define pluralism and liberalism on its own. It's going to be a self-defined plural, um, uh, uh, large economy, large country, largest democracy. And he said it quite clearly. He was already hinting two years ago before the pandemic and prior to the Ukraine crisis that that uh, uh, liberalism of the East, liberalism from the East, uh, liberalism that will be defined by India's rise will not necessarily follow the, perf uh, the performer formats that we have seen in the, in the Atlantic system. And I think uh, that has come to bear. Uh, 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 coming back to Raisina, because it's my favorite subject, uh, in many ways, Raisina symbolizes uh, this new uh, format of, uh, of international relations, which is democratic and open and plural. In many ways, that is the India offering. As the foreign minister rightly said, this was prime minister's, uh, um, in a sense, uh, uh, objective for us to create a make in India, make for the world platform. Now, what is, and in that sense, you know, Raisina, which has been, of course, uh, shaped by these two gentlemen who I referred to, um, basically offers you exactly the glimpse of the world that we feel comfortable in. What is the world that we feel comfortable in, that we invest into as you, as Kushal, me, Samir, and others? That yes, boss, we will have differences. Boss, we will disagree. We will not have ideological commonalities. But as long as we can have a conversation, we can give you a mic. Of course, you have to be smart and use the mic well. But the idea that I will not invite Taiwan or I will not invite um, uh, Iran, or I will not have Israel in the same room, or I will, uh, uh, you know, uh, cancel uh, uh, X country or Y country is preposterous. We are going to have in at the Raisina, we had over 100 countries, all of the above were part of that collection. Uh, we had folks from Taiwan speaking there, from Iran speaking there, from Israel speaking there. We had uh, 14 Russians speaking there. We had uh, tens of Europeans speaking there. We had Americans there. We had all of them under the same roof. Um, they may not talk to each other, but they certainly spoke to us. And, and in our gathering, they were all treated like our guests, given um, uh, uh, respect, given warmth, and given our traditional Indian-style hospitality. And in that sense, 
our liberalism is not going to be based on uh, some digital binary assessment of value. Either you are pass or fail. I think we will have to accept that we will have a graded scale of relationships. We will align more to some and less to others. But to uh, be forced to uh, uh, choose one end of the spectrum is not the liberalism that we will be espousing going ahead. We don't do it internally where, you know, we have uh, this whole range of, of, of folks from realists to optimists to pessimists to uh, probabilists. We have a whole range of uh, uh, folks who are commenting on our own affairs. We will have a similar range of, uh, of commentaries uh, overseas as well. So uh, sorry for a very long answer to a very short question. But I thought maybe I'll just put this out there. No, no, no. I, I think it's perfect. That's why podcasts are there for, right? We we can have long answers. Now, I, I want to take this forward. You, 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 I think you've put it beautifully here that you say that India's liberalism is going to be a reflection of Indian society. And Indian society, the essence of Indian society is its plurality. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head where, where Indian society, you know, if people come from outside who are not used to this way of living... I, I and I see this happening with a lot of my friends when they visit India for vacations and they sometimes with me. Uh, what they call chaos in that sense, right? We call Leela, right? Krishna ki Leela, jaise hum kehte na ki ye to Leela hai, bhai. Ki Krishna ka khel hai, ye sara khel hai. And do you think, in a way, that Raisina could this time showcase in its own way that look, you guys might find it chaotic that there are so many people of differing ideologies who may not be willing to talk each other. So where do you see India's role now as an active player, maybe in solving these dichotomies which exist in the world? So I'll give you an example. Now, it's it. I'm a sports fan. Now, hmm. Wimbledon is about to come up. Now, Wimbledon makes this absurd announcement that... Uh, Players from two countries are not going to be allowed to play. One is Russia and I forget the name of the other country. Uh, I think it was Belarus. Belarus, I, Belarus yeah. Belarus, yeah. So, no, we're not going to let you play uh, in at Wimbledon. Now, I find these kinds of things absurd, to be very honest. Because uh, just yesterday, I saw the news of, let's say, Taliban announcing a new garb for, uh, you know, women in their country. Now, they're not going to stop. In, in that case, now, if 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 I was to say the 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 current global police of the liberal order believed in a rules based society or a morality based society, then morality has to be equally applied, right? If we were to say that, but it never comes across. So, do you think maybe the Indian model of uh, I don't know what word would be the right word? Where yes, you said it correctly that we may be more aligned at a value-based system with some people, but at the end of the day, a lot of times foreign relations are also transactional because sometimes some transactions have to be done. So, do you see the baby steps of that being taken finally? So, I think we are still a few years away from playing the role of uh, an anchor uh, or a hub that is able to influence others to start beginning to see the world in similar ways. You know, for example, Tax Americana, uh, when America dominated uh, the world for a good 50 to 60 years post-war till, say, the financial crisis, you know, a, a good 60-year time frame when Americans uh, uh, were the most influential global actor. They still are, but perhaps not to that extent. Uh, they're relatively uh, less influential. It doesn't mean that they're not overwhelmingly influential. So I think that distinction must be uh, understood. But in the heydays of, of um, 
the American way of life, we were all in some ways um, being um, shaped by the narratives emerging from America, whether it was the media industry. Uh, I mean, for example, we got to know more about Pakistan and Bangladesh and, and our other neighbors through American media than through our own. We were more influenced by American assessments of danger and risks in certain geographies than our own. American uh, media in many ways defined global assessments of the world around them in some sense. Now, of course, I may be uh, certainly exaggerating it a little. Uh, uh, we, of course, had a very robust system as well at, uh, in, in the early years, uh, commensurate to our size that uh, of GDP and, and interest. But American media dominated global headlines and therefore global assessments of the world around us. Hollywood decided who our heroes were. Rambo and Rocky were everyone's heroes. Whether you were in, you know, in Japan or India or in a country in the African continent or in, in, in Latin America or North America and Europe. So uh, they decided what was good, what was nice, what was right, what was worth fighting for, what was worth defending uh, and how do we defend and, and protect all of that. So in that sense, uh, American cultural industry uh, was uh, shaping uh, our own sensibilities. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, in a true Hollywood, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, eyeball grabbing manner, uh, exhilarating way, and sometimes insidiously, silently, uh, more subtly. But we were all influenced by this uh, cultural and, and media landscape, largely emerging from uh, New York and, and Los Angeles. And that was the reality of the world around us at that point. I don't think we have, are anywhere close to doing that, Kushal, to answer your question, uh, to be someone who can uh, propagate a certain way of assessing the world. You have to invest in the industrial and, and cultural industrial capabilities uh, that are going to allow that to happen. And I don't think we are anywhere close to that. However, we certainly have a good start. You know, due to our due to India being a land of storytellers, you are a storyteller, I am a storyteller, we are all, you know, our oral traditions are 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 narrative styled uh, uh, intergenerational historic transmissions and this is happens in families we know in minute details my great grandfather's life in my home it's all through oral tradition there's nothing here that i have in in writing other than the kalam puja ke uh, whatever we wrote on a, you know, Vijay Devas, we used to write something, pen something down. So we have some scanty details, but our oral traditions have served the continent well, subcontinent well. We are a land of storytellers. There is an intrinsic capability that we have to tell stories. Of course, the stories that we have told in now through our movies and through our writings and through our uh, through our poetry have appealed to uh, vast segments of the world, right? We are we are really popular in, in large parts. Uh, and our actors are our uh, cultural ambassadors in any case in many parts of the world. Uh, and increasingly, our new cinema is also finding resonance in, in, uh, in the platform um, world. So in that sense, we have a start. But we have not yet taken this to the next level, Kushan. I believe in the next 10 years, as we move from $3 trillion to $10 trillion or $8 trillion, and we can have a de separate debate on how far we will be in 10 years in terms of our GDP. Let me put it this way. We will have sufficient investments in our cultural industry, in our media industry, in our digital uh, 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 creative sector, where the Indian stories will eventually begin to exert themselves. 
you know, uh, pretty much like the Korean stories have done in the last five to seven years. If you look at, if you, you know, they are, they are perhaps the breakout nation when it comes to uh, the soft power or the cultural elements. Um, and, and I think we are going to see that happen in the next five to six years. We don't have to wait for too long. Before 2030, we will be significant actors in the cultural space. And I think it is here where we require, and this is going to happen despite the government, in spite of the government, despite anything else. Um, this is going to happen by the sheer 1.3 billion people who have stories to tell and now have yeah. a mic and a smartphone and a camera to, to narrate them. And and you look at the creators industry on you, the YouTubers, for example. You look at the YouTubers, right? Um, uh, the the chief um, uh, the the chief business officer was was telling me last year at Raisina that sixty uh, percent uh, growth in YouTube creators who own more than who earn more than one lakh rupees from YouTube just by creation of content. So sixty percent growth is the fastest growing geography in the world. Where, uh, no one is creating more content and putting it out there than uh, uh, Young India does. And Young India and smartphone is going to script a, a cultural future, whether we like it or not, whether we shape it or not, whether we invest in it or not. I think that's one reality. Strategically, we have to realize that this is happening. It is upon us. And now we have to see that how can we, in some sense, A, catalyze it. Second, gently nudge it in certain directions uh, uh, and make this more polysemic in its appeal to many more than just the traditional geographies in the Middle East or in the African continent or in the diasporic communities that are around the world. So I think our biggest strategic investment going ahead has to be to take this storytelling power of a billion Indians and make it propositional rather than chaotic, like you're saying, you're talking about the chaos. Right now, it is it is too diverse and dispersed to be directional. Can we create certain vectoral outcomes from a largely um, uh, creative and, and undirected space. So we will be, we will need to leverage this in the days ahead. And the minute you try to curate it uh, 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 through a centralized mechanism, you lose the, uh, the power of this creative sector. So the curation does not have to be through, uh, through a command and control structure. Rather than it has to be in investing in the creative sectors by giving scholarships for the digital technology and digital platform sector, by, by, by making this as appealing as being a banker and a hedge fund manager, by, by telling people that, that this is something for the future. The only thing that is never going to be replaced is human ingenuity. Invest in that, invest in this creative uh, um, young group and, and then start thinking about whether there is the India way. You know, I'm again now citing the book of the foreign minister, but I think India way is a aspirational goal for all of us. That do we have a format where, yes, while I may be aligned to, um, uh, say, for example, in, in a particular matter, uh, uh, the decisions that, uh, say, the European Union or America or any other partner of ours might take, but I'm not going to adopt their way of condemning those who don't agree with me. So I think this binary, this Manishian dualism that is very Western, Occidental by by design, you know, good and bad and 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 uh, good and evil is a very very Occidental. We have a spectrum of of tolerance, you know, where even our gods have told us that sometimes it is okay to be in a certain way. If you have to achieve the larger goal, sometimes you have to choose certain paths that in in the Occidental uh, assessments would seem retrograde, right? So we have we have a very broad spectrum of uh, of assessment of human behavior. We don't condemn them. We always believe in comebacks. We always believe in in rebuilding and resetting, right? So that is some of the fundamental blocks. 
एक्सेस ऑफ ईवल हमारे यहाँ नहीं चलता हमारे यहाँ तो आप तो यू विल सी दैट वी आर वी आर फार मोर ग्रेडेड सोसाइटी इन आर रिस्पॉन्स इन आर असेसमेंट Uh, and of course, I my fear, of course, and I'll just leave it out there, and then I'll turn it back to you, Kushal. My fear, of course, is that the binary nature of digital platforms is making us more polarized and more, as a society, uh, forcing us to choose these binary options than we were designed to be doing. As a as a as a as a civilization, uh, we have been far more uh, uh, graduated. Uh, as a platform user. We only have like or unlike or don't like or cancel. You know, so our binary, this digital technology, our binaryness is coming out. You know, it's trying to impose a layer of binary behavior on us, which we actually is not necessarily our behavior. Yeah, and in fact, I was going to come to that, but before I talk about that, I want to first touch upon the this uh, this piece you wrote. Uh, I think it was March 14th. Yes, March 14th. You wrote that the world is in flux. Self-reliance is vital. Now, I'll Touch it upon this way. So you mentioned YouTube, right? Now <clears throat> I'll give you an example. Now I'll connect the binary value system, the tech platform, Atma Nirbharta, and I'll plug in all of them together, and I'll explain the problem. So and recently, I must. Anyways, go ahead, Kushan. Sorry. So I, as a content creator myself, had received this email from YouTube. where they said due to the war in ukraine and i'm quoting the email we will pause monetization of content that exploits dismisses or contones the war hmm. now hmm. so now what happens is uh, first the atmanirbhata point now today the world is going on youtube by the hmm. way even i am aware that in the last two years the maximum growth is of vimeo and rumble that is a separate issue but still youtube holds the biggest share of the market that is of video based content creation now what happens is their value systems may not be imposed in many ways on us but are also getting imposed on many ways on us now i am not saying look i am not an expert on russia ukraine but my point is as a content creator or as a podcast host i should be in a position to host a discussion which might have the russian perspective right i should be allowed to do that but when i get emails like this and then there is wo kehte na latakti talwar hamesha mere upar hai ki agar maine ye discussion kiya to wo talwar giregi mere channel ka sar kat jayega and overnight samajh lo i am making that 1 lakh 2 lakh 3 lakh a month wo band this kind of thing scares me and now i connect you to the self reliance bit now how does india agar sare indians youtube pe ja rahe hain और YouTube इस तरीके से अपनी वैल्यू ये एक एग्जांपल मैंने दिया है रशिया यूक्रेन का बिकॉज दैट इज यू नो आवर डिस्कशन राइट नाउ बट दे विल सटली पुट देयर वैल्यू सिस्टम व्हिच इज लेस फ्लेक्सिबल मोर बाइनरी मोर ब्लैक एंड व्हाइट अनलाइक आवर्स व्हिच हैज अ मोर फ्लेक्सिबल प्लूरल वे ऑफ लुकिंग एट द वर्ल्ड इन दैट केस हाउ डू वी बिकम आत्मनिर्भर इन द टेक स्पेस सो कुशल वी शुड बी वेरी स्केयर्ड ओके Uh, and i hope everyone gets this i think you have raised a very important question and i don't think too many people think about it they should they should start thinking about this in the 20th century it was famously said by many people uh, i don't know the original owner of this line but uh, wherever he or she is god bless them uh, the it was famously argued that america's most powerful generals are general ford general motors general electric and uh, general atomics they were america's most powerful generals they were basically american corporations who were serving the american way of life the american value system 
homogenizing the world in the image of America, um, supporting activities that favored uh, 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 the God's own country, uh, investing in and, and ensuring that uh, alternate um, uh, uh, life choices or competition uh, it did not uh, gain traction. So, you know, uh, uh, the joke was that corporate America was America's uh, most powerful fighting force and, and that in some sense uh, contributed to Pax Americana. It's true today as well. I mean, look at the ease, look at the speed, look at the velocity of which in, in which they have been able to cancel Russia completely. Russia is cancelled. Kushal is not cancelled. Samir is not cancelled. Russia is cancelled. Boss, people keep talking about Russian propaganda. There's only one propaganda in our lives today. There's only one viewpoint in the world today. There is only one source of information in the world today. There is no Russian perspective out there. In the world we inhabit. In the world of YouTube, Facebook, Insta, Every other platform that you think uh, Kushal is good, you please send me a list also, maybe join Karunga. But every other platform that you think is worth its while has cancelled Russia. We will Sorry, I'm breaking into uh, my English mode. Huh? So I'm doing a comfortable chit-chat with you. So I don't have prem and proper type. I'm just telling Kushal. So we have seen the cancellation of a country. Now, listen. Uh, personally, you know, I think this war is unwarranted. I think any war is unwarranted, but this certainly is. This is there's an asymmetry. This is a superpower with thousands of warheads of nuclear weapons versus a a, a, a state which has large geography but fledgling, etc., etc. I think it's unwarranted, unfair, wrong, bad, terrible. You can choose the adjective you want, right? You can choose whatever you want, but that doesn't mean that they don't have a perspective. Please understand what I'm trying to say. That that uh, that you may you may you may believe you may assess you may reach a conclusion that Russia is wrong, but tell me in the world have we ever achieved peace without hearing the uh, the other side? You have today by cancelling Russia made war the only option. You know, as Wolfgang uh, uh, of the Munich Security Conference, you know, he was being harassed for inviting Russians to the conference uh, by some others who were uh, in their performative chorus virtue signaling. Uh, uh, and 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 trying to basically cancel them from participation. And remember, he said he, it, it was a it was someone from UK who had remarked, who had made a comment on his Twitter feed. And I, I and I really liked his response. He says, you know, you will fight to the last Ukrainian. You only want to fight to the last Ukrainian. You know, you guys are sitting in a distant land, and and uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, from Bay of Pigs to India's own um, uh, uh, you know face-offs, our own face-offs in the subcontinent to, uh, you know, wars that have happened in between, to America talking to the Taliban and making peace with the Taliban. Has there ever been an alternative to a conversation? You know, you did rounds and rounds and rounds of conversations to somehow normalize, socialize and mainstream the Taliban. Right? Uh, after years of access of evil and bombarding them to rubble and blah, 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 blah. You know, you, my point is, that how can you not be in a conversation and hearing a view no matter how much you may despise it, no matter how much you may dislike it. Cancel, cancel culture at the level of uh, geopolitics is a recipe for disaster. And I hope you are not uh, pushing someone into a corner which might lead to really, really devastating outcomes. I just hope. So uh, we should all be worried because listen, 
what has happened to Russia can happen to us as well. You know, uh, 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 don't believe that the same powers that be who could cancel Russia will not cancel you. 2029, they decide our climate performance is not that good. We don't deserve to be online and we don't deserve to be speaking on certain things. Um, uh, Kushal Mehra will and his YouTube channel will be, um, uh, 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 you know, deplatform because he has done a discussion on climate mitigation and the and the hypocrisy of the West. You will have this title because of which you will be removed from YouTube. Every every person who would fight back against the lack of uh, serious intent on a and, and I'm taking climate as a uh, just as a uh, uh, example that you know please understand that these four or five companies have acted in American interest. They are not transnational corporations. They are not global platforms. They are American platforms where you are a squatter. You are there as long as they want you to be there. If you think you have any other intimate relationship with these platforms, you are living in a fool's world. The platforms are extractive, exploitative, and you are currently a business model for them. Kushal Mehra's uh, uh, podcast is a business model for them. When Kushal Mehra's podcast challenge, challenges their ideological mainframe, you will be deplatformed. You will be the owner of your own. You will not be the owner of this platform. Pe. Right? So I think today the time has come for all of us to realize that the most important of spaces that are indispensable for democracies, for liberal, plural, open societies are the public spheres. If our mm. public sphere is controlled, owned and curated by someone else, the conversations that are allowed or disallowed will also be decided by them. And I think we should be really thinking about whether we should, whether we want to invest so much on something that where we will always be outsiders and not co-owners or owners. And I worry about that. I worry about the frailty of public spheres around the world, which are depending on platforms which are headquartered elsewhere. And that was my piece that I had written on tech. Now on Atman Nirbharta. Now, you know, for me, uh, uh, it, this fear of mine should not result in irrational action. It does not mean that I ban the platforms and I, it only means that I assess them correctly. It means that what I use them for is the right use. My use, use case for each of them is correct. I cannot be counting on government reaching their citizen through platforms that it does not have a stake in. If I have to dispense critical information or services, or benefits to my citizens, these cannot be the mediums of comms or uh, connection to your citizens. Right? If you have to do something in cultural industry, you have to do political, policy, or social uh, uh, inputs. Ke liye, we will have to build. I mean, I've been telling people, mygov.in, you know, mygov.in, for example. I'm just taking an example. You have mygov.in. Mygov.in should be the place where no, uh, a government notice board should be created. All critical information should be published only there. Get people into the habit of reading mygov.in if they want to understand what situation is, what situation is, election ke kya promises hai. And it should be an all party. There should, should be a political public sphere. There should be a governance public sphere. There should be an emergency public sphere. All our COVID information should have been distributed through a, a, a notice board there, for example. But because you were also doing it in these other platforms, people were using them because of the ease of convenience, habit, etc., etc., etc. Right. So I think we will have to build um, other uh, mediums 
which uh, uh, have a sovereign character, even as we benefit from these transnational mediums, uh, largely headquartered out of the West Coast or uh, increasingly uh, from China also. So I think Atman Nirbata does not mean rejection of the other. It means a proper assessment of what you can do and what you cannot do with them. And that is the Atma Nirbhata. In fact, the piece that you're quoting, Kushal, I argue that Atma Nirbhata means, means even a more dense international engagement framework. Uh, today, if I depend on 10 countries, to be truly independent, I may have to depend on 100. I don't want 10 people to have a veto over my future. Exactly. So, you know, when you and I run um, uh, uh, small organizations that are trying to put together, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, offerings for others, we realize that uh, the larger the number of people who support that particular activity, the more independence we have by doing it. Ek sponsor mm-hmm. aapko independence nahi dega. So log mil jayenge. Agar aapke paas so sponsor honge, aapko sari independence mil jayegi. Sometimes you have to have a larger, wider and more dense framework of international engagements to truly be able to protect what is dear to you. So for me, Atma Nirbhata is about redoubling our efforts, redoubling our global partnerships, finding our sources for minerals and materials, finding new sources for services and and ideas, sending and investing in other knowledge centers um, around the world so that we have choices. I think choices is Atma Nirbhata. The ability to choose is is self-reliance. And I think that is the uh, idea I was propagating. But on the uh, tech action that has been uh, initiated post-Ukraine, post, uh, we should all be worried. We should all be worried not only on the technology platforms and the cancellation of the public sphere. For, uh, 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 you know, And if it happens to India, we are one-sixth of humanity. Please understand what we are talking about. You are going to mute one-sixth of humanity if, if we are to be deplatformed as a country, what has happened to Russia. So that is one part of it. But you should also be worried about certain other frameworks. For example, the SWIFT payment system, right? The weaponization of SWIFT. Uh, yeah. uh, the capture of your uh, uh, national savings. You all say that our foreign currency reserves are so Was Are you in control of those? Or can they be usurped by someone else? So that's a question we need to ask. So I think uh, between the pandemic, and how we saw the perversion of value chains and supply chains and, and global uh, behavior of global actors and the uh, uh, Ukraine war, both the weaponization of food and grains by Russia and the weaponization of everything else by uh, those who were opposing Russia. You see that many of us should not feel that sanguine about our world today. We should really be thinking on how do we invest in the right uh, partners? Uh, how do we build a, a framework of trusted engagements? How do we move away from this uh, universal uh, trading arrangements to niche and, and uh, uh, you know, integrity and trust-based partnerships? We will all have to rethink the f- format. Globalization as we knew it is over, Kushan. I think uh, what you're going to see emerge from these two activities uh, 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 or the, these two incidents, one which is ongoing, the pandemic, the second which is likely to go on for a while now. I think the booms in Europe have uh, are not going to subside that soon or that quickly. We are going to have to navigate this quasi-bipolarity resulting from Ukraine and uh, and living with the COVID. And therefore, uh, uh, certain skews uh, in terms of access to the right to life itself has been challenged by the pandemic. Some people deserve to live more than others. Basically, that was the message coming out of the pandemic. That that uh, that if you are earning $100,000 and living in these uh, 25 countries, uh, you are likely to uh, be catered to. The rest, it doesn't really matter, right? 
because um, you were always only a part of our uh, uh, global industry, never uh, co-owners of the globalization project. Sorry, again, a yeah. wrong answer. No, 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 no. That is so true. Just think about it, right? We use all these tech platforms. All their servers are outside India. All our data is outside India. I mean, to begin with, we may have to start by making these people, you know, get our data at least in our country. Come se come, our data privacy to shuru kare. Wo bhi abhi tak nahi hui hai. By the way, hamare desh mein ab tak wo bhi nahi hui hai. Now I get it. There are uh, multiple issues when it gets to tech, right? There's something like Twitter. Abhi usme network external externalities ka issue aa jata hai ki everybody is over there and and the thing about these tech platforms is because everybody is over there is what makes them attractive. So you know China, the Chinese model at the end of the day, you know it just creates an insular world. We get all of that. And you correctly said we are not talking about shutting them down. We are talking about how do we leverage them for our benefit and their benefit and Right now, this 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 so-called you know to use Rajiv Malhotra's word in his book being different, this sameness that we are talking about in this global order now is one-sided. We are all the same, but the sameness is decided by them. हम उनके जैसे बने तो हम सेम हैं. जरा भी हमने बोल दिया ना अभी pandemic की पूरी journey देखो. Pandemic की beginning में आपने अगर lab leak theory को discuss कर लिया. आपका ट्विटर आपका फेसबुक आपका इंस्टाग्राम आपका यूट्यूब चारों बंद हो जाना था डेढ़ साल बाद जी ये लोग खुद लैब लीक थियोरी पेल रहे हैं उनकी पॉलिसी चेंज हो जाती है फिर और हर चीज में ऐसे कुछ ना कुछ कुछ ना कुछ कुछ ना कुछ चेंज होता रहता है सो दिस इज नॉट अ प्लूरल वर्ल्ड दिस इज अ वर्ल्ड वेयर वैल्यूज आर जेन्यूनली बींग पुस्ट फ्रॉम अ टॉप एंड दे आर and it's not you know what the funny part is it's not even a representative sample of the value system of those countries itself because it's not like everybody in america did not want to talk about the lab leak it's not like everybody in america supports this kind of extreme cancel culture there is an alternative to that too but it is just a stranglehold of this minority in the tech world and that tech world is so for some weird reason in cahoots with a particular political ideology in the united states of america and they are shoving it down everyone's throat but now i want to segue into the other part which you had mentioned about these technologies itself now jonathan height a very good professor he has recently come up with uh, you know a paper which was touching about a lot of things that you're talking about you're talking about the damage itself of these platforms in fact jonathan height has been saying this again and again and again that especially instagram in terms of its impact on young girls it it it, it is something that every parent who is a father mother of young girls should be worried and mm. you know he shares a lot of data about it mm. so let us talk about this this these technologies itself Now, in one way, Samir, the advantage of this technology is the beauty is. अब आप एक अलग शहर में हो, मैं एक अलग शहर में हो, but we can host these chats right now and have these conversations because of these very platforms itself. But the downside is, but but the thing is, here we have time. You can make your point in twelve minutes. But when I reduce your view to two eighty characters. or 400 characters or 600 characters and then i insert the clickbait element where you know i might have a policy on my podcast that i will not do clickbait but the point is in today's world let me tell you as a content creator if you want to be successful you just have to see what hashtag is trending on youtube 
और ट्विटर एंड यू लिटरली मेक समथिंग अबाउट दैट और उसी के बारे में बात करते हैं एंड लो एंड बिहोल्ड व्हाट इज ट्रेंडिंग ओवर देयर समथिंग दैट पोलराइज सोसाइटी सो टेल मी हाउ डू वी डील विद दिस कनेक्टर नहीं देखो पहले तो कुशल आई वुड लाइक टू गो बैक टू दैट सेमनेस पॉइंट यू मेड लिसन आई हैव आई हैव व्यूज ऑन दैट एंड आई डोंट वांट टू हाईजैक दिस कन्वर्सेशन एंड गोइंग टू दैट डिस्कशन बट लेट मी पुट इट दिस वे इवन इन माय ओपनिंग कमेंट्स व्हेन आई वेलकमड एवरीवन टू द राइसिना दिस ईयर आई स्पोक अबाउट समथिंग व्हिच आई होप अदर्स गॉट द मैसेज बट आई वाज मे बी बीइंग टू शाय एंड नॉट आई वाज नॉट हैमरिंग द पॉइंट Uh, I, I did not have a clickbait line for people to understand, so they didn't deep dive deep into what I really wanted to say. But I said, I basically said, Lysina is an arena that celebrates diversity. We have hundred people, multiple ideologies, multiple ideas. Let's talk. If we want a future, a common future, to be stable, prosperous, and kind to all of us, celebrate diversity. We're same, not here, boss. Let's leave it. You know, if we're same, then I'll adopt a constitution. I'll adopt it. I'm not going to write it. the fact is that since all of us have given us ourselves our own independent political regime systems um, uh, and architectures we have all agreed that we are not the same so now please don't try to homogenize the world in in one moment you know your uh, uh, we we are we could be similar we could have similar aspirations we could have similar uh, uh, ambitions right but we are not same and i think evolution our evolution as a species has has uh, been uh, successful so far because we have not been same you know it is our it is our diversity of stock of ideas of innovations of ambitions of directions that has kept us alive as a species we don't want to be one right what we do want is some common ground where we can all collaborate and build a planet save some global public goods uh, cater to uh, public bads and respond to challenges together so uh, 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 for that we had uh, experimented with this global governance institution called the un and you could argue that it has been both a success and somewhat it has also failed in 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 dispensing everything that it was designed for but the idea was that because we were nations having our own political and and ideological assessments of the world we would meet in a common room to discuss what we all had to attend to together but the idea that somehow we are all same and because we use we are on facebook we will remain same and because we are on twitter we should have the same freedom of expression guidelines i mean you and i differ on it right uh, 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 even though we may be adjacent in terms of locality and neighbors you and i may have very different views on what is freedom of expression what is um, free speech uh, uh, you know where should it begin where should it end we will have different assessments even within societies like you said it is not an american culture it is Uh, america is not that homogeneous itself that it has a stream or 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 europe for that matter so i think this whole premium on being same and having say, uh, this uh, this whole um, uh, you know layer that binds us which is common and 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 um, homogeneous is dangerous i think if the world needs peace prosperity and needs to walk together we have to celebrate our differences we have to celebrate our diversity we are not the same Uh, if we like i always tell people if i was same as you i would have said okay american constitution also works for india so let's you know let's just let's just make it uh, our constitution it is not right so we have differences so that is one i think sameness is a very dangerous um, goal to chase and a, a, a recipe for disaster uh, diversity is a better framework uh, and 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 working together with this diversity is certainly an essential project for the future that how do we take differently placed folks and respond to common um, uh, uh, planetary ambitions 
or societal ambitions or regional ambitions. I think that should be the project, not by saying that we are all similar, but by uh, uh, acknowledging that we are different and yet we have common challenges to address. And we have uh, we have uh, common pools of resources to share. We have uh, the same air to breathe and we have a same planet to protect. So I think this uh, overarching maximalist attempt to make everyone similar is dangerous. Having a common minimum program in a coalition party type might be a better way of managing the world of the future. We have a common minimum program where we will all align. And in that sense, uh, uh, many of the successes of the UN were based on that. The non-proliferation architecture, the agreement uh, on protecting children, on women, etc., etc., human rights, etc. They were all based on this framework. We all signed those human rights documents. We all are in breach of it. Everyone who signed it, everyone, no country has not breached it. But we agreed that these are good standards to aspire to. We will walk our own ways to get there, right? So it, it, they did not decide what for the media freedoms I would, uh, uh, the, the media laws uh, my broadcasting ministry will frame in Sri Lanka or another one in Pakistan or another one in India or another one in different countries. We all had a degree of flexibility even as we decided to adopt a common minimum framework of progress. And I think that common minimum program that celebrates diversity is a great idea. Now coming back to the tech hounds. I think there are three problems here, Kushal. The first challenge is that uh, the business model by design promotes anger, hate, uh, frivolous behavior, humor, pornography, and a few other uh, 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 content features. And therefore, they are privileged over others in terms of the legs they have. So by design, this industry is taking us to the, if not uh, dark zone, but at least the gray zones of human existence. And the gray zones have been privileged over sunlight in this industry. So sunlight does not work that well. The gray certainly does better. And that is a design feature. Uh, maybe we stumbled upon it or maybe we did not do enough thinking before we allowed it. Let me give you an example. Even when we were losing lives because of the pandemic, the vaccines were not allowed to be commercial before they were tested. First test, second test, third test, then commercial. Right? We had these layers. No technology should be allowed to be part of our society unless it passes these three stress tests. Do a sandbox, do a, 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 a pilot, and then take it to population scale. We have allowed coders uh, who have no sense of uh, uh, social sciences or politics or, or ethics or morality or human existence to design the societies of our future. And then we say, oh, what happened? Boss, this was never part of their design framework. Their design framework was that Kushal, how do I make this podcast? And they succeeded. So if their objective was that every second person should run his podcast, they're doing well. If their objective was the podcast has to talk about certain kind of things, they never thought about that. So don't tell me that all podcasts are only talking about a issue. Their design, their design basis was never to have um, evolved conversations. Their, their design basis was to first make people having their own podcast easy and selling podcasts that more people watch and to get podcasts who more people hear is going to uh, privilege certain kind of information over others. That was the design basis. It was not to improve the quality of conversation in podcasts. It was to have more people hooked on to podcasts. I think let's be very clear. Now, you know, uh, my one of my friends, Mariche Shake, was asked once, do, she was a member of European Parliament and now she's uh, uh, heading a center in Stanford. She was asked, uh, do politicians understand uh, technology? I like what she replied. She says, do engineers understand politics? And I think that is, 
you know i think it was a great answer do they understand what they are doing to our societies to our politics to our people none of our technology products have passed the stress test of whether they lead to good politics whether they lead to knowledge creation whether they need to more uh, evolve human thinking and action they don't pass stress tests right so when they have never considered these as essential to design why do you why are you surprised if depraved human behavior is privileged over evolved human thinking it, it, you know so why are we so surprised right so that's 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 on one part of tech that tech by design uh, ignores or is ambivalent or is agnostic to many concerns you have voiced here it no designer has thought about any of this while uh, creating a product that uh, captures eyeballs attention and wallets their their purpose is not what you have just listed as the challenges that we are facing today that's the first part of it and i believe we have to take past this prologue let's go back into history the 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 the, the, the greatest um, innovations uh, discoveries scientific discoveries you know earth is not the center of the universe for example or, you know or or, or gravity or or uh, uh, theory of relativity all of these great folks who contributed in our evolution and understanding of sciences were accompanied by great thinkers of their time ab kon hai boss ab to columnist hai twitters hain we have twitter thinkers you know people forget that from newton to einstein uh, you know they were all uh, accompanied by profound thinkers who were contributing to uh, to uh, furthering social sciences at that period sociology at that time philosophy at that time human behavior you know so uh, i think we have to invest in social sciences if we want the golden age of technology we have to have a golden age of social sciences otherwise technology will always conflict and and contest some of uh, the social spaces that need to be preserved and protected and i think unless we invest in building a cadre of folks who decipher who deconstruct who do critical uh, analysis of uh, many of these uh, platforms and 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 uh, inventions we will continue to struggle to have cohesive societies that are at peace with themselves forget about peace with others hum to you know every democracy is having an internal uh, silent revolution today hame kisi aur se ladai nahi karni hai it's a do it yourself we are all ikea stores we are doing it ourselves we don't need you know the chinese only have to come and chodo phuljadi in we are you know they have to only exploit and game our democracies and our uh, divisions and our polarizations and our differences that's all they have to do so uh, they don't have to send any regiments inside they just need to game our public sphere and and i i mean i'm i'm just picking them out but the fact is anyone can do this uh, you could have uh, our neighbor in the east or neighbor in the west you could have a, a country which is far away from us uh, and vice versa we can all game each other's grievances we have become a collective of grievances everyone is a victim everyone is uh, is is hurt everyone is, uh, is, is, is has been um, has been uh, excluded and and uh, uh, cancelled everyone believes that we are victims we are a society of victims and and uh, why because we have been able to find at least 10 more people who have retweeted our tweet saying that i am a victim for so so reason so we have all been able to uh, in some sense confirm our 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 worst uh, uh, fears because we have got at least 10 more people who also feel that way about the world right so uh, we are in a world where we require to really reflect on how technologies need to be integrated into our lives i call it the vaccine test we must put technology through the same social testing uh, population scale testing before they are commercialized uh, and we must have the same ratings on it uh, for adults for 18 for 13 we kuch hamare system hona chahiye so that uh, so that is one part of it the second part is kushal that um, uh, 
we are uh, also losing our youth very early when i was growing up and i was 12 and 13 and i used to come back hamare dada ji hote the unke bhai hote the dadi hoti thi unki behne hoti thi hame kahaniyan sunati thi we learned about life through their stories and tales what was good what was bad what is nice what should be avoided what should be done you know etc etc people whispered in our ears through our formative days and eventually we inculcated some of those we rejected some of those we uh, adapted and and innovated on others etc 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 today by the time you are 12 insta tells you what the world is boss 12 saal ki umar mein your stimulus from the world comes to you from your whatsapp and insta and uh, messengers and snapchat and what not they tell you what the world is if the world if, if, if they see images of a particular way they want to shape themselves in that way if they see certain kind of uh, aggressive uh, boorish behavior they think that is very cool if they see certain other kind of uh, behavior they get attached to that are you know um, for and i and i, I and i say this seriously institution like uh, like ours think tanks like ours we leave it too late by the time we go to people in their colleges and get them as interns or go to their universities and give talks and engage with them it's too late we have to go down to school we have to talk to the person before he gets a smartphone and we have to tell them we have to tell them about uh, everything that you hear on the smartphone is not true everything that you hear on the smartphone is not necessarily uh, uh, attractive or, or or good for uh, uh, life right so i think that is the second part technology too early is like allowing a 8 year old to drive a mercedes benz and i think that is something that we are still avoiding tackling and because parents are busy and because technology gives them free time from their uh, wards everyone basically throws electronic device at their kids mm. you know you know take a smartphone no take ipad no take mac to you know we we have put them on a escalatory ladder to get more perverted by technology stimulus rather than human stimulus so um, uh, uh, i think we are beginning to see uh, this effect uh, many of us uh, and by the way Uh, let me also uh, say something which is uh, positive on this part we have seen many of these young people take up really really good causes we have also seen that we have seen an emergence of a whole new citizenry uh, my challenge is that was by chance people chose technology and used it to do something good that happened as a coincidence we didn't design for it as as a as elders or or as people who are working in the sector or in this field it happened by chance like what happens bad is also by chance you know it, 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 these are uncurated chaotic outcomes they are not um, thought through i think we need to go down to school and we need to see that technology is increasingly used beneficially by these young people and we are able to uh, you know uh, talk to them and catch them early enough to to uh, basically my mother used to hold my hand and cross the road ring road in front of my house before i before i turned 13 and i could do it on my own 11 12 tak someone used to help me cross that very very crowded uh, Uh, main fair thoroughfare in front of my home so we used to you know we were told how to cross the road i think the same thing happened on technology as well we have to learn how to cross the road before we are given a car to drive on that same street But today you are driving the car forget about crossing the road so i think that's the second thing that uh, what is the relationship of our youth with technology and have we uh, allowed them to be put into dangerous way because we have been careless on 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 this and the third and the final point on tech kushal um, is Uh, on on how do we in many ways regulate tech and i think that remains the million dollar question right mm. uh, and and let me be very clear here every country in the world today is trying to find a, a framework for regulating tech 
we all understand it is dangerous we are all enjoying the valuations that come out of tech we don't want to uh, you know upset the apple cart as it were but we all are trying to think about how do we regulate them now what is good regulation what is bad regulation remains the million dollar question on tech technology as we go ahead and i think india will have to find its own model India cannot uh, uh, choose the American one or the Chinese one or the European one. We are different. Like I said, we are not the same. We are not the same even when it comes to our digital constitution or our digital arrangements. We will have to come up with an India. And I think this is something that we need to really, really invest in if we need a digital India uh, that really transforms and serves its own people. All right. So one last question before I let you go and we'll wrap it up again with... Uh... Raisina, what were the key takeaways and lessons for you, even as a consumer? I know you're a curator, but as a consumer of information that you gathered this time at Raisina. So, you know, as, um, okay, I'll break it into two parts. One is uh, what I think I can speak confidently about. Second is a conjecture. I can confidently say that Many people, most people who would be around my age group, coming from similar uh, uh, profession, background, etc., etc., people like us, my age group, etc., were really happy to be back meeting in person. I think uh, for them, uh, it was special because this was like the first big global gathering uh, post or with the uh, with COVID, with Ukraine uh, uh, happening at the same time, and rather than exchange tirades on Twitter and and uh, have a digital war we could actually argue face to face and there's a very different texture so i think people being together is 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 essential we must never lose track of this particular important human aspect face to face and meeting in person is very different compared to the digital worlds uh, you and i are inhabiting right now over this podcast it is not the same don't allow anyone who sells technology to tell you otherwise (laughs) meeting in person is important it humanizes us it removes the edges. We are more respectful. We are more empathetic. Digital distances us. It makes us cold. It makes us less receptive to other ideas. And we are able to find 10 other fools who agree with us. So, so you know, uh, 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 in-person cannot be replaced. First takeaway, that we have to continue to be investing in in-person platforms going ahead. The first takeaway. Second, of course, was that uh, geography matters. Whoever came from Europe, whether they were talking on uh, water or climate or connectivity projects or infrastructure, Ukraine was the only thing they spoke about. It doesn't matter uh, what we were discussing. Uh, uh, the, the, the Europeans were absolutely focused on somehow bringing in that particular issue in every debate that we had. We had three or four Europe panels, but we had many others. And you could find that irrespective of which discussion was taking place at that particular point of time, Ukraine was invoked. So I think we have to realize that there is today um, courtesy uh, our digital experiences of the last two years. There is a hashtag mobilization even in the real. People now sometimes start performing like they would have done on Twitter. favorite so you could see this. You could see that that digital performance affecting uh, human engagement even in person. For me, that was really remarkable. And I'm now thinking that how can this be actually uh, tapped and leveraged 
टू क्रिएट अड एक्सपीरियंस नॉट की कई लोग ऊपर बैठे कई लोग नीचे बैठे हाउ डू वी क्रिएट अड कॉन्वर्सेशन एंड हाइब्रिड एक्सपीरियंस वाइल वी मीट इन पर्सन बिकॉज देर इज अ पार्ट ऑफ आस दैट हैज गॉट अटैच टू वॉट इज ऑनलाइन क्वेश्चन माई सेकेंड लर्निंग वॉज that one hour long five people conversations may not be that appealing anymore we will have to give certain digital stimuli to folks uh, who have got used to uh, some of these uh, mediums and i'm thinking about that that was the second takeaway that uh, conferences of the future in next 2 to 3 years are going to feel and look very different to conferences of the past i think the nature of um, how we arrange uh, these debates is going to be different and the third and uh, final takeaway for me Uh, besides the challenge is that uh, uh, we have to we have to find ways of uh, changing the changing the 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 guest list uh, i think um, uh, the digital voices that have emerged in the last two years as we were all logged in and logged up or logged down whichever word you like using uh, you know have to find ways have to find place in many of these in real conversations as well some of them have been some of them have really contributed to uh, uh, you know our journeys through these past uh, months and they have to be made part of these um, in real conversations as well we tried to do that we can do better and i think it is time to bring some of these new young different voices and put them on the stage uh, i did bring some of those and i did in fact make sure that even when we were doing a marquee panel we had a couple of different voices sitting there on the stage uh, with ministers etc etc and i think we we need to do more of that it makes so much more interesting interesting viewing wherever i had more than two or three ministers in a panel it was kind of performer wherever i had a good mix uh, you saw uh, uh, official dumb clash with innovation and i think official dumb clash with innovation is good viewership and also leads to better outcomes better thinking and progress uh, for these kind of events so i think my learnings are that we have to do better Uh, we have to do we have to be more innovative uh, i think we have a good uh, platform in raisina which is like i said uh, liberal uh, indian liberal we will bring people in we will give them a mic we will hear them we don't have to agree with them uh, but we will still hear them and i think that has to be defended the defense of diversity must remain an essential feature going ahead and we must not allow the binaries of the digital to infect the, the pluralism of the real and in that sense uh that is the other learning that we have to continue to keep that alive perfect i think uh, i could not have summed it up uh, in a better way i think you put it perfectly when you said the binaries of the digital should not affect the pluralism of the real world uh that is something that i personally try to you know fight for uh in my own way through my platform uh, and i and i'm glad to hear you talking about it and you know perse- persevering to to sustain that so so samir as always it's a pleasure talking to you thanks a lot for coming on the podcast thanks kushal it bahut lamba tha thoda chota kar dena boss bahut lamba chota nahi hota ye ye platform lambi chats ke liye hai so guys we'll wrap today's discussion up uh, when you it doesn't matter if you're listening to this on spotify itunes or you're watching this on youtube in the description of the podcast will be the link to orf's youtube channel sami's twitter handle ors twitter handle please go and even ors website will be there please go and check out the content they hold amazing discussions you get to learn a lot from these discussions and this is the kind of uh discourse that we need to be supporting you know we need to get out of uh, 
the clickbait world and get into real chats, uh, something that I strive to do on this channel too. But I think I alone can't do it. And ORF does a far better job and a much grander scale. So please go and subscribe to them. Uh, and please subscribe to the Charvak podcast. Like this video. Leave your comments in the comment section. And you can also support it by becoming a member on Patreon or YouTube or buying the merch or through UPI. I will see you guys next time. Until then, take care. Goodbye. Thank you.